You're listening to episode 144 of Alexa in Canada, The Voice Experience. Hey there, I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, one part physician, one part voice enthusiast, one big part Canadian, and one small part of our community, Northern Voice. Together, let's explore how voice technology is transforming our lives north of the border. Let's talk voice. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Terry here. So pleased to have you along today. I've got a very special guest. As you will know, over the last couple of weeks, we have been highlighting those voice fluencers that are appearing on The Voice Den. By the way, if you haven't joined us recently for The Voice Den, please do so. Uh, you are more than welcome. Consider this a personal invitation. Just go to thevoiceden.com. Our next episode is going to be Wednesday, December 16th at 5 p.m. Pacific, and you can enter the den, so to speak. Save your free seat at thevoiceden.com. So I hope that we will see you there. Now, at this next episode of The Voice Den, we are going to be featuring, as one of the voice fluencers, Rebecca Evanhoe, otherwise known as Professor UX. And she is such a knowledgeable conversation designer. And it's really interesting. She has a background. Her background is an MFA in fiction writing. Really interesting how she got into voice from that. She talks about a book that she is writing right now. She talks about teaching that she's doing. Uh, and there aren't that many people that are actually teaching this sort of stuff out there right now. So she's doing some cutting edge work. And it's my pleasure to uh, introduce Rebecca to you. So let's bring Rebecca on to the show. Hey there, Rebecca. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. Hey, from Brooklyn. From Brooklyn. All right. Oh, I'm over on the West Coast here. So... Uh, we got a three hour time change, but, uh, so it's a little later there for you, but, but you're hanging in there. It must be around dinner time. We're a little past dinner time for you. Yeah, this will, I'll get some dinner after this. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here. Really excited to have you on the voice stand coming up. And of course on this show, um, I would love for you to take uh, just a few moments here and introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah. Hey everybody. Um, I'm Rebecca Evanhoe. I'm a conversation designer and have been in this field eight, almost nine years. Um, I currently am teaching at Pratt, which is a design school here in Brooklyn. I teach a course on conversation design and I've been doing a little bit of freelance and uh, working on a book about conversation design. So that's taken up most of my year. You have lots of stuff going on, which is awesome. That's amazing. So uh, the very first thing you said, you've been a conversation designer for nine years. Um, yeah, so in the almost, voice yeah. space, almost nine years. So in the voice space, there were a lot of new conversation designers getting into this. So I'm curious, like, how did you get involved in that almost nine years ago? What's the what's the history there? What's the story there? The story there, I've told it elsewhere, but um, I it was very much by chance. I have an MFA in fiction writing. And while I was getting that degree, I met someone when I was living in Gainesville, Florida, and they had a startup that basically was... Um, we didn't call it conversation design at the time, but it, that's what it was. It was putting together training data and usability testing and writing prompts. And so I sort of stumbled into conversation design, but took to it pretty much right away. Cool. That's great. And so how have you th seen things evolve over this almost decade then that you've been doing this? Honestly, I, I would be curious if other people have had this experience, but for me, for the first like five years, 
I was really siloed. I did not know another conversation designer for like five years. Hmm. I just thought I had a weird job and like occasionally you would read about, there were a couple of New York Times articles about people writing for for AI sort of stuff. And I thought, oh, they're like me. Um, But it wasn't until I started working for an agency and working on more like Alexa skills and things like that, that I realized there's this whole community of people. And I, so when I went to, let's see, Voice Summit in, was it 2018? That was the first time I was like in person with other conversation designers. And (laughs) I was like, okay, these are my people. (laughs) That's cool. So that must've been a lot of fun for you to go to that conference and meet other people. It was like summer camp. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. I love that. Summer camp. Fantastic. And so you're, you're, you're obviously extremely experienced. You've got, you've got years of, of, of um, experience behind you now. Um, and I'd love for you to talk a little bit about this book that you're writing now, because I mean, that's, a, that's a big job, I imagine. Tell, tell us about it. Tell us what, what, you know, what's gone into this and what it's all about. Tell us about the book. Yeah, thanks for asking. So um... I'm co-authoring the book with Diana Dybel, who herself is a conversation designer. Uh, she's a playwright in, in her background, but she's also been a, in conversation design for a little longer than I have. Um, and so we actually, I think we met on a Slack channel and then became like in real life friends. Um, so we're, you know, the first books that really taught me much of what I know before I knew people in this field was, of course, Kathy Pearl's book. Um, and then there's one by, it's earlier, it's from like, I think 2010 or something. Um, and it's, the co-authors are Giangola, Ballo, and Cohen. And I think it's called like Voice User Interface Design. It has like a dog on the cover. Um, and those are the books that really laid the foundation for a lot of what, or. Mm-hmm. Um, reinforced a lot of what I was like learning in my job. And so knowing that these good books really existed out there, um, what we wanted to do with this book is sort of address it from a really firm, like UX human-centered design perspective, because those other books cover a lot of the process, lay really great groundwork, um, but the field has changed a lot. And there are some things that I think people misunderstand about conversation design and what makes it complex. Uh, I've worked for like the last four years as a consultant and saw a lot of the same misconceptions leading people to underscope the projects or not have the right people in the room. And so the book is sort of filling in some of those gaps, building on the authors that have come before us. And we also interviewed a ton of people for the book to just get our see if our perspectives were the same as other people's. And we encountered all this stuff where people just have different angles on it. And so we include a lot of those perspectives in the book. And there's also um, moments in the book where Diana and I debate like different angles with each other. So lots of perspectives in it. Very cool. So is this, would you say this is geared towards like new conversation designers or conversational designers or more Vance, if you can call them that, or what would you say? Or what's the audience for the book? Yeah, I would say probably, I would say beginners and both people who are a little more established will get a lot out of the book. People that we've given early chapters to just sort of like, again, getting that perspective, getting a lot of feedback on the work. Um, people have 
our goal, I think, and, and we're sort of hearing that it's working well for this is to um, give people a book they can give to their coworkers so everybody can kind of get on the same page about some stuff. So definitely another audience is like people who are maybe UX designers already, but maybe they don't have specific experience with conversational interfaces. So this can fill in that, um, that gap potentially. And I think that anybody on a team that's working on conversational interfaces, whether you're a data scientist, a developer, a PM, um, I think everybody could benefit from, again, all the different perspectives in the book and, and all the coverage that it provides. That's great. That's great. What's the process actually been like writing the book? Like how, how big is this thing? And like, has this been like a full-time, I know obviously you've got a full-time job, but like, <laughs> how did you do this? How did you work it in? Well, uh, this is this is an interesting question because it you know it's been a pandemic. I don't know if you know about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I heard that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I actually have only been working part time this year specifically to do a lot of work on the book because okay. I'm not a good multitasker. Okay. And I knew if I was going to be a good co-author. I would need to kind of focus on it. So I've been doing more freelance this year and just like kind of picking and choosing my projects, which has been great and focusing on it. Um, the superhero is Diana, who is working full time and parenting in a pandemic. And she still spent so much time on this book. That's the real, the real impressive part is like, I think um, just, you know, making time, she's had to, grab whatever bits of time she can sure. to, to work on it. But wow. Um, two... Yeah, it's going to be oh, no, you go ahead. it's going to be like um, uh, <laughs> page count to be determined. <laughs> okay. Um, but it, it's, it's not slim, but we don't want to, you know, we don't want to end up with like a war and peace length right. Right. book either. And I should mention um, it's out the publisher is Rosenfeld media, which is like an indie publisher that publishes awesome UX and design books. Um, we pitched our proposal to them because we love their books. And so it'll be out with them in 2021. Amazing. Amazing. Can you be any more specific or you don't, or you don't know, or you can't say yet in terms of the timeline when in 2021? Um, it seems like it'll be May, but don't okay. hold me to that too. Gotcha. May plus or minus some. A little bit. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Well, that's very, very exciting. And um, and you and Diana, I know, are both very well uh, respected for your your work in this area. So I can just imagine it's going to be a wealth of knowledge for tons of people. That's great. So congratulations on that. Thanks. I'd also love for you to speak a little bit about, I know you teach some conversation design. Can you tell us a little mm -hmm. about that part of what you do? Yeah, totally. I teach at um, Pratt, which is a design school, like I mentioned. Um, and my class is called conversational UX design. It's for, so Pratt has a school of information and within that they have a department that's essentially their like UX department and, but they call it information experience design because it has a kind of like a, uh, a lot of overlap with some of the library science stuff like information architecture. And so, um, my class is uh an elective that students in that program can take and it's been amazing my students are like super smart and responsible and they already know when they get to me about like ux research 
and general design principles. And so we just kind of take the expertise they've already been building and then go crazy learning about conversational interfaces. Like we cover chatbots, voice stuff, um, weird stuff, and they're working on their final projects right now. Cool. And are those final projects, I'm curious about that. Like what kind of projects are they working? Are you able to share any of that sort of stuff? I'm, I'm curious what your students are doing. Yeah, generally, um, some of them are doing voice interactions. Some of them are doing chatbots and they're doing all kinds of interesting things, stuff like mental health care focused. Um, a previous semester, one of my students had such a great idea. It was like a, it was like a voice bot that would call you and help you practice phone job interviews. Oh, wow. Which was really cool. So, you know, th some of these ideas are like super creative. Um, yeah, all amazing. kinds of, I'm just always impressed with them. That, that's amazing. Fantastic. Um, wonderful. Well, one of the, one of the things that, um, people will know that if they've attended the voice, if they have attended the voice den before is that we have people like you experts in their field, come on and have a chance to chat with the attendees and they get to come on and they get to ask you questions. And so one of the things that I like to, um, sort of discover in, in this show is what, and I think I have a, an idea of that now from chatting with you for the last 10, 10 minutes or so, but what are the kind of questions that you would love to get asked on the show? Like, what are the things that you are really passionate to speak about? It's your sweet spot that you would love to be able to discuss with people if they asked you about it. Mm -hmm. I love to talk about process. Um, like when do you, when do you start design? How do you start design? When do you start code? Who bringing developers into the design process, collaborative teams really love to talk about that. Um, I love to talk about writing and like creative applications of these interactions, like in the arts. Um, and yeah, I like to talk about, you know, I like to get on the occasional soapbox and talk about what I think people misunderstand about conversational interfaces. So any of that, uh, I can definitely answer questions about. That's amazing. And can you share with us, uh, maybe we'll sort of wrap up here, but can you share with us something that you've worked on personally that like you've been so excited about and so passionate about and you were just so pleased with the way it turned out, something really, really cool or exciting to you and what that was? Oh man, um, you know. <laughs> I picked just one. <laughs> well, and also like I've made a lot of mistakes, so ask me about those too. Well, that's a good. Um, well, that's a good question. Is there something that you've done that really kind of sticks out in your mind that like this is something that I learned from? That's it. That's I mean, that's a that's a great teaching point as well, obviously. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that my answer to those questions might be the same. Um, the first product that I worked on was this at this startup in Gainesville, Florida, for my first five years was um, sort of a simulation for nursing students to interview virtual patients. And so the nursing students, it was we were essentially making these giant chatbots that could be interviewed as if they were a patient. So you could ask them about their health history, their chief complaint, what was wrong with them, their symptoms, all that stuff. And um, that is a product that I'm really proud of because we put a lot of work, I worked with instructional designers and nursing experts. And we used a lot of the nursing literature on how to have effective patient conversations to figure out how to build these chatbots and, and make them effective. So I am really proud of that because I think it's the thing that's had the most real world impact. 
And it's also the place where I screwed everything up because we were a startup. We were crazy. We didn't know what we were doing. We, you know, I don't know. We made every mistake we could have and then had to fix it. So that was like the best. Uh, That's the best learning. Learning. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Wow. That's great. Do you do, I'm curious because of that, just because of that, that use case, do you do a lot of work in healthcare or not necessarily, or is that? I don't do a ton. Okay. Um, in my, my past, when I was, I was at AWS most recently and did a lot of like banking and finance. I mean, you know, with okay. the pandemic, those call like banking and finance call centers, like the call center thing is kind of what uh, a lot of the work is for a lot of conversation designers. Sure. Sure. Gotcha. Well, this is great. Thank you so much, uh, Rebecca. I would love for you to take just a moment or two here. Can you share please with the audience, where can they learn more about what you're doing? Where can they go to follow you? Where can they go to, um, any resources really that you can share that you'd love people to check out? Yeah. The best place to, to find me is on Twitter. My handle is, uh, R Evanhoe just like no punctuation. And you can also find me on LinkedIn. Those are pretty much where, where I'm at. And um, yeah, um, if you're watching this and you find me on there, make sure you say hi. Awesome. And I just I just put the name up there uh, so people can see. There's the spelling. And um, Professor UX, I think it's pretty obvious now from your discussion to why you are Professor UX. I love that nickname. It's, it's amazing. So um, thank you again very much for spending some time uh, with us here. Um, Again, I'll remind everybody that if you want to speak with Rebecca personally, then join us December 16th, The Voice Den. She will be on there, Professor UX, uh, along with four other voice influencers. Going to be a lot of fun. And uh, it's at 5 p.m. Pacific. Everybody can just go to thevoiceden.com. So again, Rebecca, thanks so much for your time, and we'll see you very soon. Thanks, Terry. Bye. There you go. I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. Certainly, if this has, you know, intrigued you or sparked any interest in the area of conversation design, then you certainly should reach out to Rebecca. I encourage you to do so. She is very welcoming, very friendly, and would be only too delighted, I'm sure, to, uh, to hear from you. Really interesting discussion. Again, thank you, Rebecca, for taking the time. I look so forward to seeing you on The Voice Den. And again, all of you listeners, Northern Voice, and everyone else, uh, please consider joining us uh, for the next episode of The Voice Den on December 16th. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, and I will talk to you again very soon. Take care.